you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 12. As a teacher, I often, um, I'm, I'm so one, oh, I need to go back and review. And the Lord says, don't review, just, just they'll, they'll get it. And I listen to Keith Moore a lot, and, and uh, I'm like, uh, you know, it's like, you know, he, he could take 40 minutes reviewing last week, you know, and it's like, <laughs> but sometimes, it, sometimes it's needful. Sometimes you're, I'm supposed to, but, but this morning, there's, there's something the Lord wants to do. And so don't turn off your worship, don't turn off your heart, because I believe there's something supernatural that's going to happen in this, in this place this morning. In Luke chapter 12... And this is just connecting with fire and what I talked at the last part of worship. Verse 49 says, and this is Jesus speaking. He said, I came to send fire on the earth. Now think about that. This is our King Jesus. These are words written in red. As Brother Copeland says, red words win. And so, 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 so it says, I came to send fire on the earth. And how I wish it were already kindled. Meaning, I wish it was already here. And ultimately, he's saying, I wish it was already here. Because if it was already here, I wouldn't have to do what I'm destined to do. Because he next, the next thing he says here, he goes, I, he goes, I have a, he goes, but I have a baptism to be baptized with. And he's not talking about water. He's already been baptized by water here before this time. And he goes, I have a baptism. Uh, he goes, I have a baptism to be baptized with. And how distressed I am till it is accomplished. Jesus said, he goes, he goes, I'm distressed about this. You're like, whoa, that's Jesus. Jesus had to deal with the emotions of finishing his assignment. And he was saying, he goes, I have a, I have a baptism. To bat-. Jesus, you know, he was a man just like you and I. He, he was tempted at all points, yet without sin. And yet he had this thing where he goes, I'm going to have to be, ba- I've got to immerse myself in my calling." I've got to immerse myself in my assignment on my life. And, and, and I, I've got to immerse myself until I finished what I came to do. I want you to know that you have an assignment on your life. And you need to be immersed in, this, in that assignment. Because as you're immersed in it, it's going to be accomplished what God has mandated on your life. He goes, he goes, I came to send fire on the earth. And he goes, I wish it was already here. I wish it, I wish there was, it had been kindled. I wish there was just a little spark that something had happened. Now, as I, as I was reading this chapter and what Jesus is communicating, he, if you look in my Bible at the top of this one section, it says Christ brings division. And, you know, uh, you know, in my mind, you know, I know scriptures that says, you know, the enemy is the author of confusion. You know, strife, you know, you think of strife, you think of, you know, strife brings division. You know, that what, one of the things that God hates is, is someone that brings division, right? He hates strife. And, and so, so my mind is thinking is like, so Christ came to bring division? I'm like, I, I didn't commute with my, with the nature of God because God doesn't, God, God doesn't bring division. And I, so my mind was thinking it in a, in a different way. And he says, he says, Justin, this was a division to bring freedom. He brought division to bring you freedom. 
What was the division and form? What we're dealing with is fire, the, the fire of the Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Now, now, now Jesus, he, he, he didn't have light bulbs. Thomas Edison hadn't come yet. So, so our mind, we think of light, we think of a flashlight, or we think of the lights we have in this room. But yet, when they thought of light, they could only have one, sim- they only had one symbol that could promote light, and that was fire. So when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, he's saying, I'm in the fire. I am the fire of the world. So get this, when he, and when he turned to those on the Sermon on the Mountain, he goes, you are the light of the world. He was telling them, you are the fire of the world. Don't hide your fire under a bushel, but you put your fire in a lampstand. Then it will give light into all the house because all that see your fire will glorify my father, which is in heaven. Can I get an amen this morning? So Jesus said, I came to bring fire. But if you keep reading this, what is he saying? He he goes on and says, okay, there's going to be division. He goes, there's going to be five of you, but two are going to be separated from the three. He says that there's going to be a separation between the mothers and the daughters, the mother-in-law and the daughter-in-law, the fathers and the sons. There's going to be a separation. But this was a separation to bring freedom. When the, when the fire of God came in my life and I told this testimony last week and healed my body and he made, he told me that statement. He goes, Justin, he goes, and I, and I made this last week and told this story that he said, you need to leave these friends because they can't take you where I've called you to be. There's some relationships you need to get out of in your life. There's some things that you've been associating for far too long that it's time for you to separate from those things. There's a, there, there's this, the fi- that's what the fire of God does. He goes, I came to bring the fire. What was the fire for? To separate them from relationships that couldn't take them to their destiny. The fire of God. That's what the burning bush was all about with Moses was it was the fire of God. Showing up in his life to take him to his destiny. It was to sanctify him and set him apart for his destiny. There came a time in, in, in that moment when he experienced the fire, Vic. Where being a shepherd was no longer enough. It was no longer enough. You know, there, there was this, that he had been a shepherd for the last 40 years serving Jethro. And yet, but when he had the encounter with the fire of God, being a, she, the, being a shepherd any longer, no longer could satisfy his life. But you know what? Jesus had to come to a place where being a carpenter was no longer enough. And the disciples, the same thing when they encountered the fire of God on the beach that day, when, when, when they, they experienced Jesus and, and all of a sudden they had a, 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 a boat, a, a net breaking load and a, a fish and all of a sudden they come to Jesus and, and, and they're like, man, what's going on here? And Jesus says, he goes, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Because they came to a point when they encountered the fire of God that being a fisherman was no longer enough. I'm not saying that you, some people get things all backwards and they're like, oh, I've got to go into pulpit ministry. No, you need to go where God's called you to be. 
That's where the anointing is on your life. I, I, I got to a place where, where even when I was working for sales and marketing and, and I'd done, been doing that for five years and God had blessed my life and, and, and he did some great things in that workplace. The whole workplace changed uh, where me and some other guys that went to the same church totally changed the atmosphere of that workplace. But, but all of a sudden there was just this divine dissatisfaction that had entered my heart, this divine dissatisfaction that, that, that I just, it just wasn't being in sales and marketing at, for me at that time was no longer enough. There was something more. There was something more that, that the Spirit of God was, was leading me towards. And, and this is how the Spirit of God will work in your life and move in your life. And, and, and when you experience the fire of God and you experience His presence, it's how the Holy Spirit would lead Jesus from one place to another. It was what led him, even as a young boy, that he, he, he's, in, he's in the temple and he goes, he goes, he talks to his parents and he goes, well, mom, dad, don't, didn't you know where I'd be? I'd be in the father's house about my father's business. And there was just this sense of urgency down on the inside of them that, that, that I, there's, there's got to be more. 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 And the fire of God, that's what Jesus did. He said, I came to bring the fire of God. And I wish it was already kindled. But the point of the fire of God is to take you to your destiny. There was two different experiences with, it, with, with the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The first we can see in John chapter 20. Yeah, John chapter 20, and Jesus is talking to the disciples. He had risen, and, and, and it said they believed on him, and he, it said this. He goes, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. It was the same thing that took place when, after God had formed man out of the dust of the ground and stood him up and breathed the breath of life in him, and he became a speaking spirit. He became something that never before existed. But yet when Adam and Eve had fallen in the garden, they lost the, very, they lost the fire of God that was on their life. They lost, the, the psalm says, they were clothed with glory and honor. They weren't naked. They were clothed with something. They were clothed with, in the, with glory and honor. So when they lost the fire, when they lost the glory of God, what, what happened? They, then they tried to hide themselves and cover themselves. So what was Jesus doing? Jesus was renewing and doing what, what God did in the garden with Adam and Eve. And when they believed on him as being the sacrifice, he, and they became a new creation. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. So a lot of religion has taught that, yeah, that's when they were filled with the Holy Ghost. No, that's when they became a new creation. Because if they became a new creation at that point, when the Holy Spirit came on them, if they were filled with the Holy Spirit, why would he say, go to Jerusalem until you're baptized with it? If Jesus already blew on them and they received the Holy Spirit, why would he say, go until you're filled with it? Another example of in John chapter four, he's the woman at the well. He said, he said, he said, if you believe on me, he goes, I'll give you this water and I'll give you water that springs up to eternal life. That's the water that brings, that's the water that brings salvation. 
But yet in John chapter 7, he says, if any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And he said he was speaking of the Spirit, but the Spirit had not yet been given. So we see there's two different experiences here. So here, here we have to understand that when you got born again, you were set apart as a child of God. You were set apart as, a, as, as His, as, as a son and a daughter of God. You're, you've been sanctified. You've been set apart by the Holy Spirit. Let's go to Luke chapter 24. Luke 24. Wait for the interpretation. <laughs> Verse 46 is, and then he said to them, thus it is written and thus let it be, was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations. So here, this is Luke's version of the Great Commission. Beginning at Jerusalem, and he says, you're witnesses of these things. They're witnesses of what things? This, this salvation. They witness salvation personally. And they're then, then to go be a witness of what took place in their lives. But then he says, behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. Stay there until you're endued with power. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. You, you see, they had this encounter with Jesus. Something had transpired on the inside of them. And Jesus gave them a commission. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 6 tells us that, that in that time frame, and in one of, actually it says, it says, and he showed himself to 500 people at one time. And I believe it was during this, the discourse in Luke chapter 24, there's, there's 500 people that are hearing Jesus saying, go to Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. But yet only 120 people were in the room. You see, the fire of God will change your priorities. See, things that I thought were important up to a certain time in my life all of a sudden weren't important anymore. It was just all of a sudden it changed, just totally changed my mindset. I, I remember after I got born again, it was a year later, I went on my first mission trip to Guatemala. And I was on the, I was on the uh, side of a mountain in a town called Hokatan uh, in the border of Guatemala in in Honduras, and, and it was in that moment that I had an encounter with a young boy that, that, that seeing my interaction with him and seeing how I was able to change his entire mindset, his countenance, something shifted on the inside of me that it was like all of a sudden it was another step that, that wait a minute, it was like, wait a minute, I, I want to do this for the rest of my life. I don't know how, Lord. I don't know the way that you can accomplish it. I, I know I have to work. I know these things. I got to take care of my family. I know I, I didn't have a family at that time. Sorry. Um, but, but I know I'm going to have to take care of myself. I've got bills. But, but there was something in me that God, the Holy Spirit, was working in me that knew that until I started doing missions, nothing would have satisfied my life. 
So for the next for the next eight years, that's what I was telling everyone. You know, he was like, everywhere I go, I'm like, I'm I, I, I'm, I'm going to be a missionary. I'm going to be a missionary. Yeah, I know I'm doing sales and marketing right now, but I'm going to be a missionary. I, I even then I came to Bible school. I came to Bible school and I did. I was even telling I'm going to go to Bible school and then I'm going to Africa. <laughs> telling everyone I'm going to Bible school and yeah. So in the the second year in, the, the little goes, I want you to be a pastor. I'm like, I don't want to be a pastor. I don't want to be a pastor. I want to, I want to be a missionary. I, you called me to be a missionary. You told me, a, a, he goes, I never told you to be a missionary. He, he told me, he said, go read the book of James. I went to re- read the book of James. And I'm like, I'm like, what do you, yes, I'm seeing all these things. And yeah, every good and perfect gift comes from above. And, and the words like a mirror and you know, the, the tongue is like a, like a rudder of a ship. And I'm going through all of the book of James. And I'm like, what does this have to do with me? And I finally get to chapter four and get to chapter four and he, makes this one statement and he goes, you say you're going to go to this or that city and do this or that thing. But what you should be asking is what is the Lord's will? But what was, what I was saying with this is, is it didn't matter. My mindset of missions was, was on a foreign land somewhere. We're all called to missions. And since that, since that time, the Lord opened the doors to where we could take trips to Africa and lead teams to Africa. But something shifted in me by the Holy Spirit that just knew that I could not be satisfied if, if, if I, I wasn't doing something for the kingdom. And there's some of you here today that, that, that God's birthed something on the inside of you and you know it will not be satisfied until you step into that thing. But I want to encourage you, don't be discouraged. Don't try to make it happen. Don't try to create a ministry. Don't try to just, just stick with God and, 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 and do whatever he puts in front of you. Be faithful to it. I'm telling you, he will take you exactly where you need to be. And don't wait one day when, when, when they ask me to preach or one day when, don't wait. Just, just, just do something for the kingdom of God. But my priorities had to shift. My priorities had to change because that's what the spirit of God on the inside of your life will do. It will change your priorities and, and things that you thought you wanted, relationships that you thought you wanted to be in, people you thought you wanted to go, even churches that you thought you were, you were to be at. And all of a sudden things will totally shift because God's leading you somewhere. The Holy Spirit is leading you and setting you apart for his kingdom purpose. So in Acts 1, he's, he tells them, he says, you have heard from me, from, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 8 says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. The fire of God will always set you apart. To be a witness for him. The Holy Spirit will not lead you into selfish endeavors. The Holy Spirit will lead you in a life of surrender. That will cause you to be more than you could ever be in your own ability. Let's look at Acts chapter 10. 
Acts chapter 10. Thank you, Father. Where do we start, Lord? Hallelujah. Verse 35 says, But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, that he's Lord of all. So this is the disciples doing the Great Commission. That the word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit in power. So God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost in power. He anointed him. This, this anointing is it's God's mark on his life. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. What did he anoint him with? The Holy Ghost and power. He placed the fire of God on his life. And what happened? The fire of God. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. It was the Holy Spirit, the fire of God that was setting him apart for this service to the kingdom of God. The anointing. The anointing. He, the Holy Spirit... In some translations, I believe they take out and as it's omitted. So it's Holy Ghost power. He anointed him with, with Holy Ghost power, Stuart. And so the anointing was to set him apart for something, but it was also to empower to accomplish it. Now let's go to Ephesians. I'm building on something here. Ephesians chapter 1. Hallelujah. It just, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, just can't get away with that. It changes your priorities. Hallelujah. Yeah, I see that. Let's look at verse 13. Now, this is an epistle to the church. And so this is written to us. It says, In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also you believed. Now, may I, so, so are you born again this morning? Just raise your hands. You make that declaration. So you, you, there's some, someone gave you a word of truth that told you about Jesus. You accepted it and you became a new creation. Then, then it says this, you were sealed. So if you have been believed, you, you believe it says, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You were sealed. <laughs> you were sealed. Sealed, meaning you were, it was God's mark on you. 
this seal that, that, that they would take a letter that would take their signet ring and, deter, and determine whose package is this? Whose vessel is this? Who, it's you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. You, you have his mark upon your life. You, you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit just didn't come in your life so you could feel a goosebump. The Spirit of God came upon your life to mark you for your calling and the, and the assignment that you would fulfill on your life. You have been sealed by the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. Let's look at verse 15. Therefore, I also, you could say because of this, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I don't cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory, or the Father of fire, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. As I was just up early this morning and just praying and meditating on this, and Annette, we were, she was reading, and I was reading a couple of days, and she said something that just, just kind of went off on the inside of me. And I was always looking at this, prayer that Paul prayed about just that this would increase our knowledge of Jesus, our knowledge of him. But when I when I read that, that he goes that you would be sealed by the Holy Spirit, you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit, he goes on and says, and because of this. And the Lord said, said, don't just look at it as Jesus, but see it as the work of the Holy Spirit. Paul was wanting their eyes to be open, yes, to Jesus but also their eyes to be open to the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. That he would give them a spirit of wisdom and the knowledge of him, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Jesus or the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. That you would know what are the that you would know the hope of his calling. Mm. What are the riches of the glory of inheritance in the saints? The Holy Spirit is our inheritance in the saints. And he says he wants us to know the riches of it. The riches of it. And that's why I've been ministering to us as a church family on the Holy Spirit. Because I want you to know the riches of the Holy Spirit and how important He is to our daily lives. How, how, how much He it needs to be a part of our lives. That our eyes would be open to the hope of His calling, the inheritance that we have in the saints in this. And the exceeding greatness of His power. The exceeding greatness of His power. Hallelujah. Towards us who believed. According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So what, who, who, how was he raised from the dead? Romans 6 tells us he was raised by the glory of God. Romans 8.11 tells us it was the spirit of God that raised him from the dead. So what is he saying? That we would know the exceeding greatness of his power. I want our eyes open as a church. I want your eyes as an individual in your daily life to know the hope of his calling to the, the inheritance that you have and the exceeding greatness of his power that's working in you. Hallelujah. You've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our guarantee for success. 
Now let's go to first, uh, maybe it's second Corinthians. <laughs> I'll go to Second Corinthians. I think that's it. Thank you, Father. Just say, King of Glory. Fill this place. Say, King of Glory. Fill my life. Change my priorities. Thank you, Father. Yeah, it is 2 Corinthians chapter 1. For all the promises of God. This is verse um, 20. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen. To the glory of God through us. (laughs) It's the glory of God through us. Not the glory of God for us. We've already been given that. But it's for the glory of God through us. See, I'm I'm talking about it. The Holy Spirit has sanctified us, set us apart for an assignment, but has also empowered us to accomplish it. Let's look at this. For the glory of God through us, now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. Wow. Now he who has established us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God who has also sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Hallelujah. Don't ever say you're not anointed. <laughs> you're anointed. Why do, I, why do I say that? Because it says it right here. You've been established in Christ and you are anointed. <laughs> whether you feel it, whether you realize it, whether you understand the fullness of it, the capacity of it, it does not matter. You are anointed. So you could say how God anointed Kermit with Holy Ghost and power. Who went to Home Depot doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. (laughs) How God anointed Phelan with Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that are oppressed of the devil as he worships and leads many, many young people into the presence of the Lord. See, you have a right, you have a right because of the Holy Spirit upon your life, you have a right to leave here and say, I'm anointed. Now, realize it's about him, not about you. Someone you're at work with and they're like, hey, can you pray for me? Yes, I will. Because pastor told me I'm anointed. Paul, Paul in First Corinthians told me I'm anointed, right? I'm anointed. I, I'm anointed. I'm anointed. I'm anointed. Now think about this anointing for a moment. We know the description of it. We've, we've talked about it here before. But Isaiah 10, 27, it says the anointing. It says the burden 
shall be removed. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Now, I want, I want you to maybe see something you haven't seen before in that scripture. The burden is removed and the yoke is destroyed because of the anointing. Thank you, Father. Kenny, come up here for a second. So, what is he referring to? The yoke is destroyed. Just, just face this way. Now, before you met the Lord Jesus, all of us, we had a yoke on our neck that, that directed our lives. Maybe it, was, maybe it was emotions directing our life. Maybe it was fear directing our life. Oh, fear. I can't go that way. Maybe it was um, oppression. Maybe it was the abuse we received as a child. Maybe it, was, maybe it was lust. Maybe it was different things on our lives. But yet this yoke and this burden was heavy on us. But yet the anointing. Breaks the yoke. See, first off, you have to understand that the anointing, first of all, breaks the yoke off of you. We often talk about the yoke, the burden removed and the yoke being destroyed because of the anointing on someone else's life. But first of all, if you, if you haven't done step one, you'll never do step two. If you don't realize that you're free to free people, if you, don't, if you don't realize that you're free, if you don't realize that the Holy Spirit has come into your life to break the yoke off of you, then how can you stand in front of a yoke that's on someone else's life? So you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit with the intent, first of all, for that yoke to be broken off of you. Do you see that? Do you see that? And that's what the fire of God does. The fire of God has come to break the yoke off of you. What's ever been controlling you to then where you can be like Jesus and walk around healing all that are oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. With him. With him. Never, never, never forget that part. It's with him. It's with him. Thank you, Father. You're anointed. You are so much bigger on the inside than you are on the outside. I'm just waiting for the Holy Spirit for a moment. What direction we need to go? Go to Acts chapter 2. King of glory, fill this place. Worship team, you can come back up. Hallelujah. (laughs) I'm getting there, I'm getting there. It's 
You know, in Acts 2, it says this, they're not drunk as you suppose, but it says, this is that, that was spoken by the prophet Joel. And how people, you know those scriptures, right? The, what Joel said. But the Lord actually gave me a vision and showed me something about four o'clock this morning. To, to impart the revelation of this, these set of scriptures. And this, this, is, this is something, because we can say, because it, it really sounds kind of odd, you know, we'll, we'll just read it. Verse 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, said God, that I will pour out my spirit. Acts two seventeen. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants, on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit on those days and they shall prophesy. Stop there. First of all, the Lord told me to tell you is, is the word poor. Poor is always present tense. If it's not, it's poor. Poor, meaning, meaning there's, it's not running out, Kyle. There's no end to it. He Just show me there's this, this poor, poor. I, I'm, he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh, meaning he's emptying everything he is and everything he has on all flesh. And if we're not careful, we'll look at that scripture as something ancient in the past and not tap in to the revelation of what it should produce in my life for right now. Pour, pour, pour out his spirit on all flesh. Right now, he's pouring. He's pouring. As I'm ministering this morning, there's just been a pouring into your heart. Whether you realize it or not, you understand, there's a pouring. Since we even started worship, the presence of God is in here. Why? Because he's always pouring himself out. Now, now get this. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your, your young men shall see visions. And your old men dream dreams. And the Holy Spirit told me this. He said, you need to tell them they've questioned a lot of things that they've seen in their hearts and they kind of question it because it seems like something they could never do. But he said, it is my spirit being poured out on all flesh because my sons and daughters will prophesy your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. I, I remember when I was at Abundant Life Worship Center and with the church, the only other church I went to before I came, came to Texas. And I remember vacuuming the church late on Saturday nights. And, and when I got done, I would, I would just walk around the auditorium and pray. 
I'd walk around the auditorium and pray. And, and as I'm walking around praying and, and just, and, and all of a sudden I would start seeing myself doing something. I'd start seeing myself standing up in front of people and preaching, but yet Lord, I, I'm like, I don't want to do that. But yet I'd see myself preaching. I, I'd see myself laying hands on, 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 on these small African children. And I can tell what I was seeing. I could see it in another nation. I could see myself laying hands on a, on a young child. And I, I just saw these things. I said, Lord, I said, I said, I go. And then now when I was praying, he goes, he goes, remember that he goes, he goes, that is my spirit giving you a vision for your future. And so often each one of us are looking at, oh, well, that's some man that has visions and he, he has dream dreams. No, this is for you. This is for each one of you. There's things that he's placed in you. There's dreams he's placed in you that you've kind of pushed to the side and say, oh, that will never be. How could I do that? Or I'm just this person from here and that could never happen. No, there's dreams he's placed in you that have come by the Holy Spirit in your life. That you shall dream dreams. That you shall, you shall, you, you shall have visions. There's visions that God has shown you in your life. And maybe if he hasn't, he wants you to be open to hit letting him reveal something to show you a, a, a movie screen of your destiny, so to speak. And I kept, I, I would see those things in my heart and, and just walking around the outside of the church and going, Lord, but, but me, why? I, I could never do that. You know where I came from, what I've done? The people I've hurt. And the Lord, Lord told me, he goes, and I, I, this was all this morning. He goes, he goes, as a young believer at that time, he goes, he goes, he, he said, do you think the enemy would really deposit you laying hands on the sick in Africa? Maybe you have this, this vision to, to finance the kingdom. This vision of changing whole communities. And yet we could just push it to the side and ah, that could never be me. Holy Spirit wants me to say, tell you this morning, he goes, continue to dream the dream. And remind yourself of the vision. If you're dissatisfied, a divine dissatisfaction on the inside of your heart, spend time with the Holy Spirit and let him give you a fresh vision. Your sons or your daughters, they'll prophesy. They'll see visions. The old men shall dream dreams. And and on my men servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. They shall prophesy. This word prophecy, we get we, another thing. We, we allow our religious mind to dictate what that means. Oh, well, he's a prophet. Oh, well, they're, you know, they operate in the prophetic office. But let me give you some, there's three illuminations to this word prophecy. And I I wrote these down. So when sons and daughters, they prophesy, what does that mean? It means this, they'll speak divine inspiration. 
They'll bubble up and pour forth words abundantly. Actually, it's probably more than three. Another one was, and this is the translation in the Hebrew in Joel, in this word it says, to declare holy songs and praises to God. To declare holy songs and praises to God. It means to break forth into praise. It means to tell things pertaining to the kingdom. So when it says that, that my spirit will be poured out on all flesh and my sons and my daughters will prophesy, he's saying my spirit's going to come upon them and they're going to praise like they've never praised. The spirit's going to come upon them and they're going to give divine inspiration. The spirit's going to come upon them and they're going to start singing divine songs to heaven and they're going to start praising God. What is he doing? You're releasing the prophetic. It's not just saying, oh, I'm prophesying over this person or that person. No, I'm releasing the kingdom. I'm releasing the kingdom. So when the spirit of God When the spirit of God will come upon all flesh, it was to do two things. It was to show you something and for you to release something. And I believe in your workplace, I believe where you go in and out in different place that you, that you go, I believe that you are a son and I believe that you are a daughter and you're going to release divine inspiration everywhere you go. You're going to be a fire set. You're going to be a, you're going to be a a lamp set on fire that is going to release what you see. And then you're going to say it, what you see and what you, and then you're going to say it. Hallelujah. That's what this means. And now listen to this. It says, He adds this, he goes, because the first part of it, sons and daughters had to do with the Jewish nation. But then he says, my men servants and my maid servants. What does that mean? That means those that are slaves by choice. Meaning, meaning, meaning I'm bound to the Lord. I'm choosing I'm choosing to be a slave. I'm choosing to be, I'm not made to be a servant. I'm not made to do this. It's what I choose to do. And I want you to know that when you made Jesus the Lord of your life, what happened is you became this bond servant. Meaning I'm going to choose to live for the will of another. So on that person that makes that choice, like, Lord, not my will anymore, Lord, not my will anymore, Lord, but your will. Lord, not yeah, I know I've done so and my priorities have been all out of whack and I've done so many different things, but but I know there's something you put down on the inside of me that's that's bigger than myself. And Lord, I choose to be a maidservant, a manservant, and I choose to 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 hook up with and, and do your will and not my own will. Because it's on that person that makes that choice that says that they shall prophesy. Stand to your feet. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on your men, servants and maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. They will declare things pertaining to the kingdom. They'll release praises. They'll write divine songs. Then it says... I'll show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, and a vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and moon into blood before the coming in the great awesome day of the Lord. Malice verse 21. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So get this. 
It's what the church is seeing and saying. And it's what's happening in the earth that will cause people to call on the name of the Lord. Many people, thousands of people, tens of thousands of people will come to know Jesus through heritage of faith. Because these are the last days we have been anointed. The fire of God is on our lives and we will see and we will say and many and whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved.